it because I'm sure that there, there are people watching who don't have children who are high functioning and that are saying, well, wait a second, I don't, I can't explain to my child, think like a scientist, I could say that, but my child isn't high functioning enough to understand that. And yeah. a lot of times people go, oh, well, this is just for high functioning kids. And I really want to point out one of the beautiful things about your book is that you have an entire section where you talk about our kids on the autism spectrum and anxiety and what to do for those kids who don't have the receptive language to talk it through. Talk right. to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so kids without that language capability, not only can they not tell us necessarily specifically what they're anxious about or how anxious they are about a situation, they also, we can't necessarily use words to convince them to face those fears. So one of the things we have to do is be really good observers to understand the triggers to their anxiety. So I speak about that in the book as well as a previous book, No More Meltdowns, where we really are detectives looking to see what situations which might be in the environment overwhelming sensory experiences or certain people um, or situations that trigger anxiety as well as internal issues like pain a sinus infection things that they may not be able to tell us that are happening internally that might lead to anxiety um, and then the issue is how do you get once you can identify that anxiety how do you get someone to either face it now a lot of times we don't have to have them face it like it's not crucial that every kid go to an amusement park like that's not a crucial thing but it might be important that each kid get to school if we can and so then we want to be able to have a, a youngster gradually face those fears I have a really nice example in the book of a youngster without much language who is diabetic and he needed to get his blood drawn um, in order to check his uh, glucose levels but he was really afraid of the needle prick and so the researchers that did this really uh, I think innovative um, design created a fear ladder but the kid couldn't tell you specifically what his level of anxiety was but what they did is they could approach him with the little needle and they uh, had asked him to keep his uh, they, they drew a little uh, outline and had him put his hand on a table and keep his hand there and they went to see how far they could go close to his hand with the needle before he would pull away or become agitated so the first uh, distance was about 60 centimeters. That became the first rung on the ladder. They said well, they could reliably go about 60 centimeters away before he would get agitated. So that's what they'll start with. And if he could keep his hand there for 15 seconds, he got a reward, which ironically for this youngster with diabetes turned out to be like a candy or a soda or something, but that's what was really an incentive. Um, and then they were able to get closer and closer to him, keeping his hand there for 15 seconds until eventually they could draw his blood reliably. And so that was a good example of how without language you could create a fear ladder based on their reaction to the sort of feared situation in this case the needle and how you could gradually help that youngster face the fear what I haven't spoken about yet with high or uh, high high functioning kids or those with more challenged language is other ways that we try to reduce anxiety so people can face the fears so for both kids with lots of language as well as those who have more challenges um, there's lots of ways to bring the anxiety down um, so we know that exercise 30 minutes of aerobic exercise is as powerful and a handful of studies was as powerful as uh, antidepressant uh, SSRI medications that also bring down anxiety um, now it may not last 
for days and days, but if you exercise for 30 minutes, you might get a four or five hour window of reduced anxiety and improved mood. Okay? Um, I also like quieter ways to bring down anxiety. So there are all these guided meditations and mindfulness meditation apps that I have kids with and without language using. So clearly kids with language can follow the instructions to focus on something in the moment. That's how mindfulness works. Whether you're focusing on your breath, you're focusing on a sound you hear outside of yourself, the focus on something in the moment relieves us from worrying about the future or regretting the past. And it seems to be related with a sense of well-being. But even kids who are more uh, challenged with their language benefit from hearing some of these guided meditations. They may understand some of the instructions, but the music, the calming sounds, the calming scenes can all bring down that anxiety. It often can be repetitive, uh, a repetitive sensory input that's calming for them. Um, so there's lots of ways that we can sort of physically lower that anxiety to begin to approach each step on the fear ladder. And I really appreciate in the book that you go through so many of those and, and talk with us about, because a lot of times if we take a child on the autism spectrum to a doctor and talk about anxiety, especially in the teen years, they get out the prescription pad. And you talk a little bit about what those things are that we might get a prescription pad for and what they do and what the benefits of them are. But you also give us a wide array of other things that we can try in addition to or instead of, which I really appreciated, Dr. Baker. I also appreciate that in the book, you, towards the end of the book, you go through all the different types of anxiety and and talk a little bit about because there are so many different things and like you know the social anxiety um kids being and refusing to go to school you talk about that um and so many different things that you get into this really is a comprehensive handbook for somebody who's having any kind of anxiety difficulties with a teen or uh, a child. And, and I should point out that it isn't specifically, uh, to, the way I was reading it, wasn't specifically for kids on the autism spectrum. Um, right. So for people who have kids that are not on the spectrum, still a great handbook. But I love that you have included our kids in it and given us a roadmap for those of us who do have kids on the spectrum who are facing even bigger challenges. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is in the general population, rates are anywhere from like 1% to 11% for some of the different anxiety disorders in, in kids and teens. Um, but if you look at kids on the spectrum, the rates are anywhere from 11% to 84% mm. uh, of kids who are really high functioning with autism may have a, a comorbid anxiety disorder. So it, the, it, the book is for everybody, but we're talking about uh, kids on the spectrum tend to have more anxiety disorders than the general population. So it's certainly for our for our youngsters on the spectrum as well. And you're right, uh, I try to cover a lot of different anxiety situations from specific uh, uh, phobias, such as phobias of bees or water or whatnot, to uh, social phobia, to panic disorder and agoraphobia, to somatic symptom disorder and OCD. And the reason for that is because if you're, you can't have a one-size-fits-all approach. If you're going to try to face fears, you really have to know what somebody's afraid of. And then 
I think your parents really do need to figure out, well, how would I create a fear ladder for my youngster who has OCD of germs or a totally different kind of OCD? What if the youngster has OCD of obsessive um, negative uh, thoughts, like yeah. they get angry and they have a momentary thought that they want to hurt their parent? Now, they would never hurt their parent, but they're really anxious and bothered by the fact that they had that thought. So how would we develop a fear ladder? How would we develop a think like a scientist around around those kinds of anxieties? So it's important to have really sort of spelled out um, fear ladders and think like a scientist cue cards for these different anxiety situations. Well, it's important for us to get this book. Again, it is not available yet today, but it's going to be available in the beginning of August. People can order it at www.fh, which stands for Future Horizons, fhautism.com.